Hey guys, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, one of the best places on the internet to follow the world of professional volleyball. I say one of the best because I have to say there are a lot of good places to follow volleyball, professional volleyball these days. Shout out to all the other fantastic volleyball content creators out there. Sorry this episode has taken so long. Every time I want to sit down and record, I feel like there's another game coming up that I want to talk about in the playoffs. We've had so many playoff games over the past couple weeks. Tons of stuff going on in Italy, Russia, Poland, even France and Germany are starting their playoffs. So it's been really fun to watch so far. So we're going to talk about that today. And we're also going to talk a little bit about VNL. Yeah, that's right. National team season is really not that far away. Uh, at the end of May, we will be having the VNL bubble taking place in Italy. Great concept, the bubble. Really looking forward to that. But that means we got to start previewing some teams. We still don't know all the, all the rosters yet. So these first few will probably be more of an educated guess as to who's going to show up. But I mean, assuming teams don't completely sandbag it, we can have a reasonable idea of who's going to show up and where they're going to rank. So I'm going to start today previewing my number 16 and number 15 teams in the VNL. That'll be at the end of the episode, but but first we'll talk about uh, club volleyball playoffs. Anyway, enough of an introduction here, guys. Hope you're looking forward to the podcast and let's get right to it. All right, let's get to it with everyone's favorite league, the best volleyball league in the world, guys, and that's Italy. And we have our finalists and for the like the 10th time in five years we are going to see a Lube versus Perugia series and a lot of people are complaining about this I mean we've seen these teams match up in every possible way against each other but I feel like on the one hand the teams are actually pretty different in the last couple of years compared to the teams before if you look at the teams from like 2017 it's a, it's pretty much completely different rosters on both sides and also like this is incredibly high level volleyball this is like could be an olympic finals this is like the highest possible level volleyball elite players at every position so happy to watch this so yeah good job lube making very quick work of trentino in the last couple of games there especially in the last one a three zero pretty confident victory not really any even any chances there for trentino they were Pretty close in a couple spots here. I actually felt like Trentino let it slip away in the uh, second and third set. They were leading 16-14 in both sets and, and even kept that lead even further in the third set. But Lube, I don't know what it was. There was a couple rotations that Trentino got stuck in. Sometimes when Namir was uh, playing on the left side or they had a, that Yoandi Liel, Robert Landy-Simon blocking pair which has done very well for them so far, or Robert Landy-Simon down serving because he's been absolute serving beast. But uh, sorry, I actually shouldn't say Lial because actually Marlon Yance played most of this game uh, for Lial, getting subbed out there in the second set and did a very good job. A big part of those uh, couple serving runs at the end of the second set and a little bit in the third set that got Luby that victory. So yeah, I mean, Marlon Yance, they could go with him. Next year, maybe if uh, Yoandi Leal walks, I would probably be comfortable with Yance as a starter on Lubic Ivdanova. I don't know if he'll fully replace what Leal did at his best because I did think Leal had a really good year, but Yant is really up there and he is 
So devastating from the service line. Super athletic. And he actually had a couple nice passes this game. That's going to be the question for him, but it for sure was a question for Leal as well. Uh, Camilo Reichlicki struggled a little bit in this one. I thought <laughs> he was going to give away the game at a couple points here, getting blocked several times in several key moments, but also had the game-winning play, so you can't fault him too much for that. Robert Landy-Simon, I think uh, the MVP is not listed yet, but uh, he should have won MVP. He was absolutely sensational. Uh, 13 serves, 2 aces, 5 kill blocks, 10 for 15. Awesome stuff from him. Easily, in my opinion, the best middle in volleyball right now. And on the other side of net, Trentino... Namir Abdelaziz, man, the last uh, couple of games there, he, he kind of faded, and, and they do rely on him a lot, still getting 25 sets in this one, even though he only converted on nine of them, and, and getting eight airs in this one. That is a tough one for Namir. I've called him the best opposite this year several times. After the last few games, I don't, uh, I don't know. That consistency isn't there right now, but yeah. One for 25, hitting efficiency is really rough for him. And it's a sad thing because I think the rest of the team, especially the two outside hitters, Alessandro Micheletto and Ricardo Lucarelli, uh, hitting 18 for 29 together, which is really good with only three, or sorry, four errors between them. And Micheletto looked awesome in this one. I mean, look, he's getting targeted the least out of anyone on the team on service, and he's hitting eight for 13, and he gets you an ace with 14 serves, second most on the team. Like, you know, I said it earlier on the podcast. I can't believe they were starting Dick Coy at certain points in the series. I know Micheletto struggled a little bit as well in a couple of games. But for me, Micheletto, man, he's he's like the unicorn of volleyball right now. He's like that Kristaps Porzingis, that Joel Embiid. He is way too good for how tall he is and how young he is. Like, I can't believe he's basically a reception specialist at 6'11", seven, almost 7 feet tall, it looks like. He was dwarfing uh, Marco Pedrashen out there, so... Very excited to watch this young man's career and great job Trentino developing Gianelli and Micheletto. They've got a great youth program there. And it's kind of interesting here. We have Trentino in the Champions League Superfinals, very well deserved by them. And then the other two Italian teams, Perugia versus Lube Civitanova in the Italian League Final. So that just goes to show guys how tight it is at these top levels of volleyball. All three of those teams have looked so good at certain points this year and for Perugia I would say their games felt closer when I was watching them compared to the Lube versus Trentino series where after the first game uh you know when Micheletto made that that really unfortunate air um I felt like Lube Civitanova was in control of that one the entire time whereas I felt like uh Monza actually gave Perugia a very good run for their money an absolutely fantastic season for Monza even though Vibo Valencia we were talking about all season I feel like Monza now now that they actually gave Perugia decently competitive playoff series like they're one of the best stories of this season great job by those guys hopefully they can keep it together at Adis Lagumja seems like he's likely to get bought out considering he's clearly like one of the best new opposites in volleyball quickly making his way up to the super elite level but we'll see. I mean, if they can upgrade the setter, I'm, I'm not really the biggest fan of Orduna, even though he's been pretty decent this year. Obviously, if they can upgrade on Lanza uh, to someone else, this is like a pretty good team. So hopefully they're not going to get poached too hard this offseason. Let me know if I'm off base on this, guys. But I feel like a lot of you are probably going to be favoring or, or think Lube Chifatanova is going to win here in the finals. And I can see why. Other than that series against Zaxa, I mean, they even played well in that one, but they, they've been playing really, really high-level volleyball. 
been so fun to watch this year with uh, DeCheco. And even though Perugia won uh, a, a little competitive, but mostly comfortable uh, victory against Monza, I guess just the first game was uh, competitive. But we also saw Perugia, a little internal struggle with uh, Dragon Travica and Wilfredo Leon getting into it pretty hard uh, in this series. They're kind of like some bad words were spoken. It was the end of a set, I think 26-25 or something like that. Close set and not sure what they were arguing about. Don't know if it's come out yet, but Dragon Travica and Wilfredo Leon getting into it a little bit. I'm pretty biased in this situation considering I own a Perugia Wilfredo Leon jersey, but I think on a team like Perugia, you have to defer to Wilfredo Leon. He's the best player in the world. There can't be a power struggle. I mean, if he wants the ball, I'm going to give the ball to Wilfredo Leon because he's incredibly likely to score. He's like Pauli Ganu. You can set him from anywhere on the court and you're probably going to have greater than 50% chance of scoring. I mean, they already they already rely on him so much. He can't have a bad game or Perugia's going to lose. But the media definitely blaming Travica for a lot of the struggles of Perugia. I would probably do the same thing. I guess I am part of the media, but he's really struggled to set the ball. I thought he actually, in the last two games against Monza, I thought they started to connect a lot better. I thought uh, they're setting these nice loopy inside balls for Wilfredo Leon that he was able to hit kind of like he was in Zeneca Zahn. So maybe there's something uh, going forward here. But yeah, Travica uh, has not been great this season. He's still a good player, but when you're playing on the level of an elite Italian team with setters like Luciano De Cecco and Gianelli and, and all these guys, it, it's, you're going to look bad by comparison, unfortunately. So really excited for this series. Like I said, I, the natural feeling is for Lube Civitanova to win, but I think it's going to be really competitive. I think we're going to get a five-setter, and, and I, think, I think this is a series where Perugia unleashes a little bit because I feel like their serving hasn't been at the level that it could be, given the guys on their roster. And I think that Machi Muzai is going to fit right into the starting lineup and play as a starter over Teister Horst in the final series. And I think those two factors could push them over the edge. So I think I actually am going to pick Perugia in five over Lubechiev Tanova, but we'll see. Very excited for this one. The finals get started on April 14th, next Wednesday. All the games on Rye Sport. Very excited. And it's taken me 10 minutes to get to it, but probably the biggest story last week was Zenit Kazan losing. <laughs> losing. Zenit Kazan losing and not making it to the Russian League finals. Guys, what is happening? Zenit Kazan's out of Champions League. They're out of the Russian League finals. This, I feel like I, I don't think this has ever happened since I started watching volleyball. This is insanity. And a lot of people are criticizing them, finding someone to blame. Maybe it was Bednorz, maybe it was Engapet, maybe Elenko is letting the locker room get out of control. Maybe uh, Buko is just not the setter that he used to be. He's too predictable for this team. But I think they're being overly criticized because uh, having watched pretty much all these games, they were so close, so close to winning uh, the Champions League series and getting to the finals like that set by Buko to Volvich where Kowanowski slam blocked him uh, to save match points in the first game of their Champions League series. If he had gone outside there and, and Kowanowski was commit blocking 100%, they would be in the Champions League Superfinals 100%. I don't see Zaxa coming back from a 3-0 in the second set. And these games too, they were, they were so close. 
some very painful five-set defeats against Kemerovo and against Lokomotiv Novosibirsk. And I, I wish I understood Russian because there's actually some great content volleyball creators out there uh, in Russia who are, you know, breaking down games, analyzing everything. There's this one YouTube channel that has like 10K subscribers, which, you know, sometimes I turn on the auto captions and try and understand what he's saying because it seems really cool breaking down the games. But yeah, back to the point. Zenikazan is out of the Russian League playoffs, which, by the way, if you haven't been following them, it's a double three-group round robin in the first round of playoffs. So everyone plays two games against each other and the two best from each group advance. So in group A, that was Dynamo Moscow, Zenit St. Petersburg. And in group B, that was Kuzbaz Kemerovo and the Lokomotive Novosibirsk, who I would not have expected actually to make it out of this, especially against Zenit Kazan. I thought that was actually probably the weaker group. But a shout out to Drazen Lubrich, who if you haven't been following Russia is having a monster season serving the ball out of like earth's gravitational pull he's hitting you know 40 plus sets per game at very good efficiencies i feel like draws and lubridge he, he's just so underrated for god and because he he's always been in the shadow of alexander tanasevich but yeah he, he's he's a world-class opposite as well and having a great season Konstantin abave the locomotive setter as well russian guy playing very well had a couple nice athletic plays there but yeah just overall there were like two matches per day for three days it was absolute blast watching russian playoffs and we're not too long before the uh semifinals april 9th kozbas kemerovo versus zenit st petersburg going to be a fantastic series i i still even though you know i'm a big kemerovo fan i love their defense but i feel like they're overperforming a little bit in service which i think makes them look a little better than they were. That was a huge factor in their win against Zenit Kazan. They were serving out of their minds. And I mean, obviously Zaitsev's a great server. Uh, Sivils Helas is a pretty good server as well. But, but they had 12 aces in this one. I don't know if I see that continuing against Zenit St. Petersburg. Although, I mean, if you can get those aces on Engapet and Golubev, it's probably easier to get them on Kameho and Kliuka. On the Zenit St. Petersburg side, I think to win this series, they probably need Politaev back. If you haven't known, he's been injured for most of the playoffs. Ivan Podrobinkin has been his replacement. Uh, not the best. He hit six for 19 with three errors in their last match. I think if they have him back, that is a dangerous team with Broussard, with Kliuka. They have Oriol Kameho back. Ivan Yakovlev is like my favorite middle blocker in the world right now. So yeah, I'm going to say if Politaev's back, it's going to be going for Zenit St. Petersburg. If not, probably Kemerovo edges it. And the other matchup, Dynamo Moscow versus Lokomotiv Novosibirsk. Yeah, I, I even though I just said Novosibirsk is playing amazing, Marko Ivovich, Konstantin Abev, the giant Ilyas Kirkev, but Dynamo Moscow is a different beast this year, guys. They're playing so well. Pavel Pankov is... Absolutely, he's been one of my favorite setters to watch this year. The amount of improvement this guy has done to take it to this new level is absolutely fantastic. It definitely starts with Pankov and ends with Sokolov, but also we have Yaroslav Podlishnek having his best season. We have Vadim Likoshistov, I think another very underrated Russian middle. Ilya Vlasov playing well, big presses at the net. If I had to criticize them, though, I, I still cannot wrap my head around why they're playing Anton Semyshev over Sam Daru. 
completely mind-boggling to me. Daru looks great when he's out there in his last game. He hit 12 for 16. Passed well as well. Uh, and Semishev is not... He's been good. Okay, Semishev has had a great season. Definitely going to be a feature on the Russian national team in the future. Maybe not above the top guys, but on there. But he's not better than Daru at all in almost anything. So I'm really confused as to why they are going with Semishev. I guess it was working well for them at some point, but I would really like to see more of Sam Daru because he's one of the best outside hitters in the world, and it's very strange that he's not the number one no-questions-asked outside hitter on this team. But yeah, I don't see this series going the distance and should be a fairly straightforward win for Moscow. And this is so weird to say, but we have fifth place Fakel Novarian Zenit Kazan. I believe playing for a Challenge Cup spot. So we could see Zenikazan in the CV Challenge Cup, which is not a sentence that many people have heard before. Going over to Poland, things are actually a lot spicier than I thought they would be because we had Skral Belchatov actually take a game off of uh, Zaxa and you know, I feel like I was the only guy <laughs> left in the world who uh, who still thought Scraw was a good team. And I have to say, they proved me right here. Great game, of course. Have to mention that Zaxa was missing Pavel Zatorski. He was such an integral part of their roster and their reception and their defense. And is just the back row backbone to that team. So definitely that was a factor. It actually goes to show you know, how, how ridiculously important Zatorski is as a player. And also, I mean, Zaxa actually was quite close to winning this game. It was 3-1, but the first and the third sets uh, went the distance, 31-29, 27-25. Zaxa, a few opportunities in both of those. So, you know, there are a lot of factors in this game, but come on, I, I'm excited. I I've, was a huge fan of Scraw before the season, if you guys listen to the podcast. And I feel like they're finally kind of realizing their potential. This is kind of what I thought Scraw would be. Maybe not the way I imagined it because Taylor Sander isn't, didn't play that well and Dusan Pekovic was the MVP. But just the fact that a team actually beat Zaxa after everything that's happened in the last uh, month and a half for them is, is very impressive. And I'm excited to see what can happen because, yeah, okay, Matej Biniak and Milada Badapur played out, out of their minds in this one. Uh, 17 for Badapur, 16 for Biniak, both extremely efficient. But I feel like Taylor Sander can play a lot better. So yes, there are a lot of factors, like Zaxa's playing at home in the next one. You know, Zaxa has barely lost this season. But man, wouldn't that be something if, if, if Zaxa made it to the Champions League finals and then, and then didn't even play in the Plus Liga finals? But... We'll see, because that is a must, must watch match this Sunday at 2.45, April the 11th. Definitely going to be an exciting one. And yeah, a lot of people saying, okay, Zaxa will not play like that two games in a row. I think I think there's a chance, guys. I think there's a chance. That's all I'm going to say. The other side of the bracket is already over with Yastrebshi Vegiel making the finals of the Plus Liga. So great job for them. It does make me a little more sad, though, because I would have loved to see them in Champions League this year. 
I think they, they have a pretty good team here with Tomas Fornal making the jump that he did. Rafael Shimura playing a lot better than expected as well. Yuri Gladier looking great. Mohamed Al-Hachdadi looking great as well. Yeah, so yeah, too bad about Champions League, but all the credit to them. They have looked great this year. And to be honest, I actually thought that uh, Risava had a pretty good chance this series. Uh, unfortunately, Bartosz Folak really struggling in the playoffs. After having an incredible season in the Plus Liga, one of the best players during the regular season, he, he struggled as of recently, especially in this one. Six for 26 with eight errors. So the dreaded, the dreaded negative hitting percentage, always tough to see. But he's still a great player. You know, I always love watching him. Undersized, kind of thicker, almost like a little bit, of, yeah, almost like a little bit of an Irvin Engapet style player, in my opinion. Uh, you know, like watching guys who are a little bit outside of the mold in volleyball. Igor Grobelny definitely improved his stock this year. Uh, the Belgian outside hitter, we'll see, could be starting to over Thomas Rousseau next to Sam Derue in competition this summer, which would be fun to see. Unfortunately, Belgium not in VNL and not in the Olympics, so they're a bit limited. Eurovolley. There we go. Just a real quick recap of Germany here. We just started the finals once again. You know, it's the Lube Perugia of Germany. We have Berlin Recycling Volleys versus Friedrich Schaffen. And pretty much just as I started recording this podcast, Berlin with the 3 2 victory over Friedrich Schaffen. So interesting. I would say uh, Friedrich Schaffen overall probably had the better season. This year, Ben Patch playing very well. Good sign for any uh, Team USA fans. 27 for 45. Also another American making the difference here. Coming in in the third set, Cody Kessel, who's, you know, been pro for a while. Not the biggest name, not really associated too much with Team USA, but uh, came in and made some, uh, uh, some good impact points in this one. So shout out to Cody Kessel. Seems like a really cool guy as well if you follow him on social media. Crazy tight game though, these teams are very close. 19-17 in the fifth set. Both teams tied exactly, both with 107 points on the match. For Friedrich Schaffen, they went through Linus Weber a lot. This guy's for sure the future of the German national team at the opposite position. Wouldn't be surprised he was already the full-time starter this year. Nehemia Mote, the Australian middle blocker, who I'll actually talk about in a little bit. Good game in this one, 7 for 11. But yeah, if you can, go back and watch this fifth set because it was pretty damn exciting. And you can watch this entire series, I believe, on, on sport1.de if you're craving some volleyball now that there aren't games necessarily every single night. <laughs> So anyway, guys, if you're still here, great club volleyball season so far. Very excited for it to finish, but we do have a little bit of an eye on the national team season because it is coming up faster than you know it. And of course, VNL. You know, I'm actually very excited for it. I've always been a fan of the VNL, and I'm especially a fan of it this year because they don't have to travel halfway across the world. And I always you know, felt pretty bad for the players because you hear so many horror stories of them traveling and you know doing these like 30 hour road trips every week it sounded brutal so i'm pretty happy that it's in a bubble and i feel like it's going to be more exciting to have the games a little bit more compact as well 
So in this preview series, I'll be going backwards, counting down the top teams from 16th to first. So today we're going to talk about the 16th and 15th teams in my power rankings. And, you know, this is assuming the rosters that I believe will go uh, will go. So like I think Italy is probably going to miss a couple key players. I think probably Russia is not going to bring everyone. So I'll try and factor that into my rankings. Obviously, we don't know the full roster. So there might be something like Serbia in 2019 where they just don't bring their first or second team. Anyway, enough enough uh, explanation. Let's get right into it with a team that I believe will be the last place team in VNL 2021. And I unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I do think it'll be Australia. And it does pain me to pick them because I love watching them. They're, they're always having so much fun on the bench. Uh, Mark Lebedeau's incredible coach, a lot of interesting players. But, you know, I don't see the talent at a couple key positions and mainly being outside hitter. They, they I think, have the weakest outside hitter crop. Like if we're relying on Jordan Richards and Sam Walker another year, and, and they're, they're very athletic, they're fun to watch, but maybe not on the skill level of, of this top level competition. I also think it, it's tough because I, I feel like a lot of Australian players were not able to maybe play pro this year or haven't been home for a while, or uh, or I'm not sure what their whole roster has been doing. Um, I know Arash, Arash Dosanjh has been playing pro. James Weir has been playing. Nehemi Amote obviously has been playing. Uh, Luke Perry got into France late in the season, so he was able to play a bit. Lincoln Williams also playing in France. But still, when probably a lot of your roster was not able to even play competitive volleyball this year, that's really tough. Only you know, a few weeks of train. I'm sure they've been trying to do stuff in Australia, but it's not the same as having a full club season to to really be at the top of your game. And, you know, it's unlucky, it's tough, but, but I am factoring that into this ranking. And the other thing that concerns me about Australia is that I feel like they have some really good players that are retiring or, or on the cusp of retirement. Guys like Thomas Edgar, uh, Aiden Zingle, Luke Smith and I don't really see the young talent necessarily as much in Australia as, as maybe some other countries where they have a really good next generation of players coming into fill the gap. I think maybe a good comparison is Canada who, you know, some guys are aging out, but there's a lot of really good potential guys coming in. And, and I don't really see that for Australia, which is too bad because I think they have potential to be a, a really good volleyball country, but I'm sure someone with a lot more experience with it could explain why why it just doesn't seem to be there and why why there's no uh, really superstar young players coming through the ranks. But I mean, they could still be good. My most interesting player on the team is the aforementioned Nehemia Mote, who I think improved a lot in Friedrichshafen. Is you know becoming a very very respectable middle blocker. I think uh, might be even a little bit underrated. I think people will be surprised by his improvement this year. Uh, Luke Perry's great, obviously. One, I think, again, one of the most underrated liberos in the world. I think someone commented on one of my YouTube videos saying, who the heck is, like, I don't even know this guy. Come on, guy. You, you got to know Luke Perry. He's, he's an incredible libero. So much fun to watch. Arash Dosanjh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this is the year where he needs to take the step and, you know, firmly be the starter because I think he is very interesting being like a six foot nine setter and, you know, actually having kind of okay hands definitely not great but 
But if he can take a little bit of a step, that's interesting. But overall, I think Australia is just getting older. They don't have new guys filling the ranks. A lot of them, I don't think, have played volleyball. And I'm, I'm not sure if even all their top players will be able to join the bubble because, you know, obviously Australia has still has one of the strictest lockdowns in the world and has throughout this entire process. So that's why I have them at 16, could see them higher. And unfortunately, you know, at 16, that does put them as the last place challenger team, which would be awful to lose Australia from the VNL. But if you guys don't remember, uh, there's 12 teams which can never be dropped from VNL. Bad for the fans, great for business. So we'll call it a wash. And then four teams that uh, can be eliminated this year being Australia, Canada, Slovenia, who just recently qualified, and Bulgaria. And I do see, unfortunately, Australia as, as pretty clearly the weakest of those teams this year. And my number 15 team, um, we'll try and do two per podcast for the first few and then probably go into more details. We get closer to the uh, top teams. But yeah, China, you know, obviously they came last in VNL 2019. So Dan, why aren't you ranking them last below Australia who, who won a few games, won three games in VNL? Well, first of all, Three versus one games, guys. That's, that's not really a big difference. Also, I feel like maybe there's a bit more of a mystery Pandora's box factor with China because we haven't really seen a lot of their players play in the last two years. So feasibly, there could be a very good Chinese player, you know, maybe fell through the cracks, got through our radar. And I, I don't feel like I can say the same thing necessarily for Australia. So that's one factor. Yeah, maybe a guy who improved a lot as well in the Chinese league. I think they have, you know, a few positions where they're where they're pretty strong. I think uh, the two middle blockers that were part of the team that won uh, the U21, or sorry, third place in the U21 World Championships in 2015, uh, Zheng Zheja and uh, Shuhan Rao. I think they're, you know, pretty underrated middle blockers. I think especially Zheng Zheja is is fantastic. Actually, if if you've watched him play in China ever, he's you know, pretty quick, pretty smart, and actually, you know, fairly high-level middle blocker. They have Zheng Xuan, who's always one of the best scorers, doing sort of fairly efficient clip in, in international competitions. And I feel like Zheng Xuan is Yuji Nishida before Yuji Nishida. He's this, like, super talented, super athletic uh, player in the Asian region, uh, playing the opposite position, leading international competitions and scoring from a very young age. But for whatever reason, I feel like he, he's just not discussed or not known by the average volleyball fan. And we'll see. Maybe he's going to get a bit more attention this year. I feel like there's probably a decent number more people who are going to watch, uh, who are into volleyball now than they were two, three years ago. So, yeah, Zheng Xuan, absolute difference maker. Jida Shui was playing overseas, actually, in Japan this year for the Suntory Sunbirds alongside Mizurski and Yanagita. So he got a little bit of overseas experience. Daiking Yao playing for Shanghai, the team that lost to Beijing in the Chinese League Finals, who had Rosh Kovacevic and Maruf, which was kind of hilarious. I like Jihua Tong at the libero position. So yeah, you know, it's not names that inspire fear in opponents. But I do think China, you know, has a benefit that they were able to have a league if if pretty constrained this year and like i said earlier i think i'm very sure that australia won't be good you know i'm I'm very sure china won't be good either but i do feel like there's still like a bit of a mystery factor 
and maybe I'm being silly. Maybe maybe they aren't better than Australia, but I could see that uh, being a factor in VNL. We'll see. So I hope you guys enjoyed the first uh, international volleyball I've talked about in a long time. I feel like it's been forever since I've covered an international event. Kind of enjoyed trying to do a little bit of research into some of these rosters, but yeah, Australia and China were, were two pretty tough ones. So hopefully I'll have a little more knowledge on, on the future teams because yeah, China and Australia, I think I had like three players combined playing overseas. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you're looking forward to the matches. Want to hear which one you're most looking forward to in the next week. For me, it's got to be Kadirjan Kojle versus Skra Belchitov. I mean, if Skra pulls that off on sad, on Sunday, it, w- it would just be such a hilarious story. Trentino and Zaks are both losing uh, in their domestic leagues and, and making to the Champions League finals. And I just like the team. I, I really like the Skra team this year. I want to see them fulfill their potential. So as always, guys, would love you guys to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. A few of them have been doing it. The ratings slowly climbing up. So really appreciate that. Tominator15, thank you. Eddie Panic, also thank you. If you have friends on your team, whatever, interested in volleyball, let them know about the podcast and YouTube channel. Just, just want to get as many people interested in the game as I can. So really appreciate all the support, guys, and talk to you next time. Thank you.